Ms. Barling has a special this morning. I had something that I was going to say, but I'm not. Just know that I sing this song for everyone here. And whatever you're going through, know that God can hear your heart.
saw some beautiful specialists. Marlene, thank you. Uh, go ahead and open your Bibles, a quick three scriptures. And this will basically finish up this series. Uh, and it's only four in this series, hard questions, real answers. We've had a lot of hard questions and some very real answers right out of God's Word. Uh, this is a very tough subject. <clears throat> We've dealt with a lot of tough things and uh, more information. There are There is a ton of information, great resources uh, should be... They're in our library. We're adding to them every day. And again, apologize for my voice this morning. It just happened. I don't know. We'll squeak through it. I'm going to go ahead and start getting my Bible ready. I got uh, We got Job 23 and then Romans 8 all in order for you. So, But you do have to do a little maneuvering in your Bible. And then finally, the third scripture on why bad things happen to good people. We had those scriptures we had last week. We'll answer it the best we can. Now, a lot of people want a simple answer to this question. Uh, I lost my job. Why? My, we lost our child. Why? I lost my a child in an accident. Why? My husband was killed in the military. Why? Uh, somebody got cancer. Why? There's a and that, don't think that that's not a legitimate question. It is. Sometimes we don't know <clears throat> specifically why. But there are some basic philosophical and theological reasons why. Philosophical just means this, trying to understand why things are the way they are. That's pretty simple. And then theologically, meaning the study of God's Word. What does God's Word have to say about this? Okay? Now let's look at God's Word Job, one of the... Ma Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And uh, Zeke, you the man. And may, I know this will help. Thank you, son. Mm. Job 23.10 says that Job went through uh, literally so much turmoil in life, losing everything. He lost his 401K, his retirement. Imagine losing everything all of a sudden. Many people, remember, uh, said, well, man, I've got... Uh, $5,000 in savings, and they went to the bank in 1929, and the bank said, sorry, your savings account is gone. That's what happened to Job. And his savings account wasn't a 401k. It was cattle and sheep and all kinds of herds like that. That's That was a 401k back then, okay? That was a retirement account and your stock options back then. Well, he lost it all. And he lost all his family except for his wife. And then in Job 23.10, it says this. It says, But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. In other words, God's got something for me on the other side. But I, you cannot see it yet. And then if one of the more famous scriptures when it comes to bad things happening to good people 
is Romans 8:28, which says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, there's two groups of people there here. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So I have to be saved in order for it to work out for good. Now, it doesn't say all things are good, but it says all things work together for good. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, this is a great servant of God. You think, well, Brother Michael, man, he is just a, a man of God. Brother Trey, man, he has given his life to serving the Creator. Yes, we have. We are called by God to do what we do. Some people say, well, uh, man, why would you pick the ministry? I didn't. It picked me. <laughs> you know, and that's wise advice. If you can be happy working at the mill, uh, working at the car lot, cleaning houses for a living, I don't care what it is, you do it honorably and do it well with all your might, and if you can be happy doing it, you know, you're not being called to preach. Don't worry about it, okay? Now, by the way, God's only going to call the guys to preach, okay? He is going to call the ladies to serve and uh, do different things. Uh, speaking of guys and men, this is the last vestige of power for any man right there. That's a remote control. Guys, hang on to remote control. It's all we have left, okay? That's it, all right? It's the only source of power we have left in the household. Otherwise, Jeff is right. You you best be happy by saying yes, ma'am. Okay, whatever you want, honey. And uh, so, but hang on to your remote control. And uh, but I love. I don't know who gave me that tie, but that's what it is. If you're wondering what it is, but yes, guys, God calls men to preach. Maybe there's somebody else here in Promised Land that God is calling to preach. And so I just want to throw that in there. So if God's bothering you about something. And uh, see me or Trey, I guarantee you, either one of us can help you out. All right. <clears throat> now, because people, and I want you to pay really close attention to the finishing of this introduction. Because people, I mean, people that have gone to war, people that have seen the worst things in life, there have been, I mean, there was this one incident, and there's a video on YouTube about it, this uh, one girl, there was a mudslide, as huge torrential rains, and this uh, girl was swept up in a mudslide. She was in the middle of a river filled with mud. Nobody could get to her without drowning in the mud slash water. And they watched helplessly as the little girl, and there was no, there was no helicopter available. There was no other means to get her, and she just she suffered for hours as it slowly pulled her under they tried throwing ropes they were shooting stuff for they got her but and she would grab the ropes but whenever you've got hundreds and hundreds of pounds of mud on you unless you got vice grip arms there's no way that they could pull her out of the mud and she slowly drowned in the mud i was reading that there was one person said how could a loving god allow that to happen to a little sweet little old girl like that but there have been literally millions of incidences like that and so this is follow me closely 
because there's been literally millions of incidents of horrible tragedies, unexplainable things people have said what's in our introduction. There is no good purpose for much suffering. None. And all good God if he's up there. God, and all good God, must have a good purpose for everything. That's their premise. Now, syllogism is an argument made up by a major and minor premise. And that's what these are. So I've got a major premise, which is number one, a minor premise, number two, and this is the conclusion. So there cannot be an all good God. Because an all good God would never allow this to happen. Now, that's a very simple, logical to our own minds. What you're trying to do is you're trying to rationalize how could an all-good God allow so much suffering in the world. People have turned their back. Matter of fact, one of the biggest uh, preachers in the world, matter of fact, he was a contemporary in the, in, uh, the 40s of Billy Graham. His name was Charles Templeton. They were both on the high road. Matter of fact, many people thought Templeton would be I mean, the preacher who would take over Dwight L. Moody and all that. I mean, he would just carry the torch. Nobody knew that there was this young fellow named William Billy Graham who would just take the world by storm preaching the gospel. But Templeton, because of suffering, turned his back on God. I mean, this is a preacher. This is somebody who's saved. This is somebody who supposedly loves Jesus Christ, loves the Lord, serving him because of much suffering in the world. He logically concluded, how in the world could there be an all-good God that allows suffering like there is in the world today? And so he came to the conclusion there is no God. Based on what? Because there's a bunch of suffering. Now, folks, now we see in the Bible, why is there why are there bad things? You always have to go back. Now, folks, I, I want to tell you this. People say, well... Brother Michael, you're going too deep. You're trying to explain things too complicated. I want a simple answer. I'm here to tell you in promised land this morning, there's not a simple answer. There, I mean, you just can't say, let me answer why somebody died of cancer and a child dies and this happens and the little girl drowned in the mudslide in the river. There's not a simple answer. There's not, but you have to go back to this world is flawed. This world is messed up, yes, and there is much suffering, but there is an all-good God who loves you more than anything. But in order for you to have the freedom to choose, God made us free moral agents, free creatures, and it's sometimes said free beings. He gave us a choice. He lets us choose, and because of that, there is evil and suffering. And the first person who made a wrong choice, yes, was Satan. He was the first person who made the wrong choice, but he had a choice. God didn't say, why can't angels be saved? Number one, they weren't made in the image of God. Number two, God did not plan on redeeming them. He allowed them to make their choice, and he knew that they would deceive his ultimate creation. Now, his ultimate creation was made a little lower than the angels. That was man. We're made in his image. Man, mankind. Going on to what I call the gift of pain. Now, let me go ahead and tell you this. Why 
Is there painful things in life? Did you know God created pain? He created pain. Pain is a warning system. Matter of fact, it's a warning to, to, uh, to not stop or to stop to not go any further. We think something, man, that's hot. Don't, guess what? Your flesh will burn. So let go if it's hot. Did you know that in leper colonies, many of them lose limbs, not because of the leprosy, but because they lose feeling. And they can't feel anymore, therefore they, they, they hurt themselves. Pain is our, is our friend. Now, think about it. Think about it this way. You are a parent. Permitting some pain or evil actually helps defeat evil. And we're going to explain that logically and theologically. In other words, common sense. And think about it. I'm a parent and I don't want my child to hurt. You know, we got babies everywhere in this church and that is awesome. Thank you. But many of us will purposefully hurt our, or allow our children to be hurt, but it's good for them. I put some great examples in your, in your outline. I believe, I think it did. Vaccinations, is that in there? Somebody not, okay, thank you. Not yet. This means yes. Okay. All right. And this means no. All right. And, uh, so it's in there. Uh, you know, and we did for our children, but I remember we didn't do just, I mean, this is our choice. Everybody makes their own decisions on vaccinations. I'll never condemn you for yours and don't condemn me for mine. And, uh, we never get the flu shot, by the way, just as our personal choice. We have a logical thing for that. But we didn't do Taylor, and I accidentally did Caleb on the, on the uh, I think it's called varicella vaccination, which is for chicken pox. We just wanted them to get it naturally. And, uh, so, and, it, and it worked out perfectly. And uh, so anyway, for, for Taylor, she did. She got them naturally, just like I did, many of you did, and da-da-da-da-da. And normally when you get the chicken pox once, you're normally you're one and done, okay, for the rest of your life. Normally, I have seen people get them twice in life. But anyway, but the whole point of that me bringing all that up is this, is uh, we allow vaccinations. You know, I just got a, my last shot, besides all the ones in the face, was uh, was my tetanus shot and uh, that I got. And uh, they said, how long has it been? I got thinking, uh, I said, well, I've had it. I hadn't had it in a while, so they gave it to me just in case. What is that? That is most time, most people, that's a little prick, a little sting, but it's for the good. Okay? And also, what about the dentist? You know, a lot of people don't like the dentist. They're uncomfortable. We've got a neat story about the dentist. Just ask Karen about it. And uh, the recent dentist trip, <clears throat> not to her, but to our kids, and uh, Caleb is a nitwit. But uh, he'll tell you all about it and uh, wherever he went. And uh, But anyway, so guess what? And uh, what he tried to do to his sister is, what, is why I'm saying that. But again, there's a little bit of discomfort involved, but it's for the good. Now, look at those verses that I have for you. So, well, this is working, Zeke. What did you put in here? This is good stuff. Mm. All right, good stuff. Go to, Go there, Mark chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 12. All right, so get those two ready. You may already have them ready. But this is God allowing a little bit of pain, but for the good. Okay, in Mark chapter 10.
The Word of God says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered. In other words, hey, y'all wait on me. Y'all take care of me, uh, but to minister. In other words, I'll be a servant. And to give his life a ransom for many. And then, of course, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, there, God allows pain. So whether, did he have to allow his son to be beat in the face? I mean, think, well, let me cut back a little bit on the beating. Let me cut back on a little bit of the scourging. Oh, he didn't have to do quite that. Um, you know, let, let, instead of three nails, let me just use two and give him a nice footboard to rest his feet on. No, God says, I'm going to let him suffer. And that suffering will be enough to take care of all the sins, every wrong that's ever been done. You see, there is good things. Many of you, listen to me very closely. If What would you do for your children? Would any of you parents give your life for your child? How many people have said, uh, I'll donate a kidney. I'll donate this or whatever. Does that involve pain? Folks, some of you have lived your entire life, your entire life saying, I'm willing to suffer for my kids. I'm willing to give so that my kids would be okay. So, folks, why are we doubting God when He says, I'm going to allow you to suffer, but later, you don't understand it yet, but later on, it'll be good for you. I'm going to allow you to go through some bad stuff, but somehow, it's going to save a hundred people. It's going to lead a hundred people to the Lord by what you're doing, but you don't understand that. But right now, all of us in here, any Decent parent in this room would say, I'll hurt for my children. I'll suffer for my children. I'll even give my life for my children. And you say that, and you believe that, but you don't believe God. And God says, sometimes I'm going to allow you to suffer for other people's good. And we say, well, I don't believe in you no more. But we'll do it for our own. We'll do it for our own kids. But we don't think God knows what He's doing. It's just because you can't see the future. But He can. He knows what will be the outcome. He knows that this will help. He knows that the gift of pain is sometimes good. It brings out a, just like a vaccination or dentist strip. There may be a little discomfort now, but it'll help later on. And that's the whole purpose. God did it logically and theologically, in other words, God's Word. Does there have to be so much evil? You know, people say, well, what about hell? Wouldn't it be, you know, this logical conclusion, wouldn't it be better just to have one less person in hell? The, the extreme example is this. Well, the greatest good is to save all men. So even one less person in hell would be the greatest good. Therefore, God doesn't need to send anybody to hell. But it goes back again to having freedom of choice. 
Look at Second Peter. So it's not very far from Hebrews. Second Peter, this is God's will. Second <clears throat> Peter chapter three. And verse nine, it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. In other words, don't care. But is long suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, I mentioned this last week. Now, if you look at all these other scriptures, because of time, we don't have opportunity. But let me just sum these up. Matthew 23 says uh, that Jesus looked at Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, you, I'm dying for you, but you don't care. I'm dying for you, but you don't care. John chapter 3 and verse 18 says that we're condemned if we don't believe and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And then in 1248, uh, matter of fact, I want to turn there and read that one. John chapter 12 and verse 48. The Word of God says, He that rejecteth me rejecteth not my words hath one that judgeth him. And the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And so it says, if you reject the Lord, you'll stand at the judgment. Very simple. Many reject. Well, the last point of this message is this. Couldn't God just make a world? You say, why did why, why, why do people have to suffer so much? He could have made a world where there's not people would just love him. Made a world where there's not any pain. Made a world that will all go to heaven. And here's what I compared that to. Well, God, and there's, you see, there's four things. A, B, C, D. All right? And uh, first of all, God could have just not created any free beings. In other words, we're all free. You have the freedom to choose right and wrong. So basically this. In other words, I don't want any suffering, so I just won't make any people. Well, that'd be like you saying, well, you know, Trey and Laura get married, and they say, well, man, this world is horrible. I just choose not to have any kids. Now, some uh, couples get together, they can't have any kids or they adopt and different things like that so but that's the total rejection saying i just don't want to have any kids because this world is bad that'd be the same thing and then b well god could have just created a world without free choices in other words uh i want to create so there won't be any sin he could have created a world without sin but you know what that means it'd be like this have your child and build in your house. Now, some parents, y'all don't get carried away and do this. Okay, I'm going to build a padded room, and I'm going to put my child in there. That way, he won't be jumping off the house onto a trampoline and busting himself all up. Or I'm going to create, and that, and I'll just feed him through a hole, and I'll just slide the tray in. And guess what? My child will grow up and never have anything happen to him because I'll restrict him where he cannot make any him or her any bad choices that's the same thing but guess what god loves you and wants you to freely love him so he allows you freedom you get to live outside 
or what God could have created free beings means people that would not sin. But if it's impossible to sin, are you truly free? That'd be like saying, well, I don't want, hey, listen, some people say, I just don't see why kids misbehave the way they do. And they act wrong, and they make bad decisions, and, you know, kids make mistakes. And did y'all know this? Kids are messy. <laughs> They're just messy. Kids are messy. You know, instead of having kids, I think I'll just have a pet. Now, pets are messy, too, but maybe not as messy as kids. I don't know. You know, we had a, we've had a dog. You've got to potty train them. If you have an outside dog, then you just got to feed them and clean them up and spray the flea spray on them or something like this. We had a parakeet one time. Of course, that thing, he gets all over there, and he scatters that uh, uh, a seed everywhere and all over that, and you've got to clean out the cage because they still make a mess, you know. And so, but that's the same thing. God didn't want a pet. In other words, somebody who would never make a mistake. You know, animals just live. That's all they do. They just live. But animals are tainted by sin. Then the last one, D. Well, God could have created free beings that would not sin so that everybody would go to, go to heaven. But if we're truly free and he forces everybody to go to heaven, matter of fact, one commentator said forced love is rape and God's not going to force his love. Think about it. If he forces everybody to go to heaven, some people say, well, I, er, does everybody want to go to heaven? Some people don't want to go. Did y'all know that? If God forced everybody to go to heaven, that would be forced love. <clears throat> well, I did the best I could in 30 minutes. And uh, I've done it twice. And that's a tough question. It's a tough question. I know it is. Why do bad things happen to good people? We and There's not a simple answer. That's why I know I had to dig and you say, well, Brother Michael, you're being too complicated. I'm sorry if I, if I am, but there's a, there are a bunch of good scriptures as well as a bunch of good logical things about why is there so much bad stuff in the world. It, I know it. It's. There's no simple answers. There's not any. I wish there were. But here is the most important question. If my premise and my belief in the Bible is correct, all of you have a free choice this morning. A free choice whether to accept the Lord or reject Him. It's your free choice. Also, if you're saved this morning, it's your free choice whether to live for the Lord. Some people, how many times does this happen in my ministry? Brother, I know, Brother Michael, I'm not living right. Well, then live right. <laughs> live for the Lord. If you say, I know I'm not doing it, but it's a choice. But many of us don't want to live right because we're enjoying what we want to do. Did you know that? If you're not living for the Lord, guess who you're living for? <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> That's it. If you're saved. If you're not saved, you have no choice but to do what your flesh wants to do. Did you know that? And but that, That's why you push away the flesh and say, God, I want you in my life. That's it. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. We're going to have a song this morning for our invitation.
And I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother Norman, I think our song's in the back. Okay, I'm sorry. And, uh, or is it? Believe I'm right. Yes. Okay. And, uh, is every head bowed, every eye closed? This world can be a lonely place to be. I wonder, oh God, why then I try to analyze all the possibilities. There is no reason or right. It's out of my hands this time And I just fall on my knees He hears my pain He knows my need when my strength is nearly gone And I feel so all alone I just fall I fall on my When doubts cloud my mind I'm haunted by those old memories I want to run away Because I am afraid To face reality But there is a secret place where I am overtaken by grace And I just fall on my knees He hears my plea He knows my when my strength is nearly gone And I feel so all alone I just fall I fall strength is nearly gone and I feel so all alone I just fall I just fall